because there are so many different things you could be doing that it's very easy to just get lost in the noise of, you know, mm. putting up a blog post one day, doing a podcast the next day, then doing something on Twitter, then being on Facebook, then, you know, trying to do a Snapchat or doing an Instagram. And it's very, very easy to have all your time just flitted away on all these different things. So figuring out what's essential for your business and doubling down on that and just getting really good at doing those few things that are going to have the biggest impact for your business. Hi, this is Joe Polizzi with the Content Marketing Institute, and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy on the Productive Insights Podcast. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to ProductiveInsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. This is Ash Roy, the founder of ProductiveInsights.com and the host of the Productive Insights Podcast. Welcome to part two of this two-part series with Kyle Tully, where we talk about the actionable strategies that Kyle suggests when it comes to implementing an online strategy to take your business forward in today's information overloaded economy. We also talk about the key challenges that he's seen people face and how to overcome them. We've talked a fair bit about some important concepts, including mobile responsiveness, in this two-part series. So if you found that topic useful, you would want to check out the episode with Eric Enger, where we specifically talk about mobile get-in, and that's episode number 41. Eric talks about some of the pioneering tests that he undertook in this space. You'd also want to check out episode number 38 with Rand Fishkin, where he says some very interesting things about mobile and the uptake of mobile. One of the things I found interesting that he says is it's growing, but not at the expense of desktop consumption. This is in terms of content consumption. And you also want to check out episode number 85 with James Reynolds, where he actually tells you how to find out if your site is mobile responsive. This episode is brought to you by the Productive Insights Done For You podcast launch service, which positions you as a leading authority in your market and successfully turns listeners into high-value customers. Book a call with me on callashroy.com to discuss how we can get started. Now, on with part two of this two-part series. Enjoy. Do you recommend putting offers on a homepage? Like, I don't have an offer on my homepage at the moment. And is that something you recommend doing? I think, again, it comes down to looking at your overall big picture strategy and, and who's likely visiting your website. So we run a couple of e-commerce stores, one of our little business units. And the mindset of someone who visits an e-commerce store, they're in a buying mode. So our homepage is nothing but offers. Mm-hmm. We've got offers for all different types of products, product categories, offer for the newsletter. We've got an offer for, I think, following us on Facebook. So it's literally nothing but offers. Now, in other markets, the person might be in a much more, I guess, information-consuming type of mode. So you might not want to hit them over the head with an offer to work with you for $100,000 a year. You might have a much more subtle call Mm. to action to sign up for a a free report or a white paper or something like that. So I think that's the core thing. You've always got to come back to what's your actual strategy and, and who are the people you're trying to help out. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say with, I know a lot of people who are fairly hesitant to sell things. They, they want to help people and they're, mm. they're really giving. For whatever reason, the consulting industry who I help people out in, people who tend to be a, attracted to the consulting world, they're givers, they're helpers. They want to mm. solve problems. They want to help people out. And a lot of them actually have issues around selling, especially mm. selling at higher prices. 
my advice to those people would be the best way to help someone is to sell them something because when someone's financially invested in a solution, mm. their chances of having success with that, in my experience, are about 100 times better than if they just got free information. Yes. That's why people tend to get results when they buy a course or go and do a, a training program compared to sitting at home and reading a book or, or doing a Google search and reading some articles. Mm. There's not enough investment or involvement in those you know, free consumption methods to create change. I remember when I interviewed Matthew Kimberley, he really had a good line. He said, when you pay, you pay attention. <laughs> yes, exactly. And the more you pay, the more attention. I've found in the true. consulting world, if I charge someone $1,000, they treat me like an employee and they want to have a little bit of advice for every single thing we're doing. They want to put their hands in everything and they literally just treat me like an employee. If I charge $10,000, I'm now positioned as an expert. They step back, they let me do my thing and they pay attention to me. So it's amazing the dynamic change just by changing what you charge and the, how people are, interact with you is vastly different. Well, I couldn't agree with you more, Kyle, because I remember after we spoke in episode 52, where we spoke about specific mindset techniques to increase prices, I have actually increased the prices for my podcast launch service, which you can find out more about by going to podcastsetup.com. And I can tell you that I'm feeling a lot more confident. I'm getting far better quality clients. It was a bit of a jump for me because I was one of those people who tended to be a bit reluctant to sell and was more interested in just giving value. But the truth of the matter is, the more I charge, the better clients I get, the more value I can give to my clients that I work with, and the more engaged I can afford to be with delivering a spectacular result. Exactly. We talked about, I think, about 21 different reasons why charging slightly higher prices yes. than you might be comfortable with is a good idea in that last episode. Yes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, I remember you said this in the last episode, in episode 52, was price is just one of the gazillion things that someone looks at when they're making a purchase decision. They might make a decision to go with you because you're reliable, you're trustworthy, you're accessible. And price is one factor, but it's not the only factor. But for some reason, a lot of us just get so caught up in the price thing in our heads that we forget about all the other things that we are bringing to the table for our customer that our competitors may not be able to exactly, deliver. Exactly. Yeah. Where for whatever reason, price seems to just be the, the number one focus. It's the, the thing that's always shoved in our face. It's the thing that we sort of associate ourselves around most for whatever reason. And yeah, if you can break that link you have in your head with price and value and, and what things are worth, it's a magical little experience. Okay, let's talk about some common challenges that you've noticed when it comes to developing a successful online strategy and what's worked best with overcoming them? Yeah, I think the probably the most common one and the one that really hurts most people the most is just focus. There is so much information about different online strategies. There's so many different options we've got for marketing, so many different places we can appear online that people's focus is just pulled all over the place. And what tends to happen is on one end of the spectrum, you've got people who are so overwhelmed by everything that they could or should be be doing that they just do nothing. Hmm. Or the other side is people who are doing so many different things but not really doing any of them very well. And so the, the flip side of both of those focus things is what you need to focus on is then execution. You need to be someone who can sit down, create that plan, create your execution plan for the plan and then actually execute it, right? You've actually got to be able to sit down and do it or hire someone else to go and do it. And so I think there's a, a huge problem with people thinking that they have to learn all of this marketing stuff for themselves and they have to become the expert and, and do all this stuff 
as well as being the person that's running their business. And for some people, that's the right way. But for, I would think, the majority of business owners, it's going to be much more financially excitable for you to hire an expert to do a lot of this stuff for you. Yeah, it comes down to opportunity cost, right? Like if you can charge $500 an hour for your time, for example, and assuming that you are able to get clients to pay you pretty much eight hours a day at that rate, then you'd be insane to be doing website development work, which you could outsource for 50 bucks an hour or 20 bucks an hour, whatever it is, because you're effectively costing your business $450 an hour. The difference between your potential hourly rate and the rate that you are, you could be paying somebody else to do it for. Exactly, exactly. A lot of these marketing tasks, even if you hire like top level experts, you might be paying a, a couple of hundred dollars an hour. But if your time is better spent, you know, working on deals that are worth $10,000 or $100,000 or, you know, multiple thousand dollars per hour, then that's a much better use of your time. Hmm, exactly. Yeah, like I have a podcast launch service and, you know, initially, and I get it, when you're starting a business, you have to do a lot of this stuff yourself. But once I've started to get the business is starting to grow and revenues are starting to come in, I have started outsourcing several parts of the podcast launch service, even though I oversee everything and make sure everything is delivered to the same level of quality. You know, I, I'm very particular about that. But I don't necessarily have to do all this stuff myself because I am actually out there growing the business and doing all the bits that do involve me and require me to be in the discussion with a client, like talking about the podcast strategy, about how it fits in with their general marketing, how they're going to reach their audience, what their customer or listener avatar is. Those parts I still do. But when it comes to creating an iTunes feed and submitting that to iTunes and things like that, I am outsourcing that to other people in my team. Yeah. Well, your value is you. Your value is the fact that you run a successful podcast and you've got some fantastic people who have come on the podcast and you're really good at that and you're great at relationships. So you won't be able to find too many other people in the world who can do those things as well as you can. But you can certainly find someone to upload a file or edit an audio or right. do some customer service. There's no more value in you doing any of those things than a $10 an hour employee. And so that's the key is just figuring out what makes your business special, what makes you special, what are things that only you can do and what can be handed off to other people. And in many cases, they'll actually do a better job than you did because yes. they care a lot more about it or they're just you know more technically inclined in that particular yeah. way. You know, that is such an important point. I just want to say to you as a listener, I just want to say, this is probably the biggest thing for me, the, the most valuable thing that Kyle and I have talked about in this episode. And that is, if there is something that you think you're doing that you shouldn't be doing, or you could outsource to somebody else and allow yourself to focus on things you enjoy and things that are your strengths, then you should be outsourcing that if at all you can afford it. Because to be doing it yourself, you're actually hurting your business. You're costing your business money. Yep, 100%. Okay, so let's talk about the action steps. And, you know, I've got a few notes that I've taken here while we've been talking. So I'm going to run through the key points that I've taken from this and then you can fill in the blanks or, you know, share some other ideas that come up for you. So sure. we started off talking about how online marketing is moving more towards a mobile-based environment. So it's very important for you as a listener to make sure that your business has a mobile-responsive website. We also talked about how people are consuming more and more information on the mobile 
and interacting with your brand first on the mobile and then taking that interaction to their desktop through various techniques where they might be bookmarking it or whatever and going back to the desktop. So keep yourself as aware as you can about how your audience is finding you, how they're interacting with you, how that whole nurture sequence is happening and how that process is happening all the way through from their first interaction with your brand all the way through to the point where they purchase and see how you can fine-tune your business and your marketing process to make that frictionless as possible for your prospect. The other thing that Kyle, you said was plan for what you want to achieve and then go about executing on the plan. It comes down to those two simple steps really to have an online strategy. Keep things simple, make a clear plan and then make sure you execute on the plan. I would add to that, don't try and do too many things at the same time. Try and finish one thing first and then move on to the next thing. Maybe when you're further down the track and you're more experienced at it, maybe you can do you know three or four projects at once, but try and do one project, execute it as completely as you possibly can, measure the results and then learn from that and then move on to the next project. Another really valuable insight you had, Kyle, was the think about the mindset of the person who is searching. This kind of touches back on the previous point where we were talking about think about how a person first interacts with your brand and then the steps that they follow in making the purchase. You know, do they interact with your brand on a mobile and then go on to make a purchase on a desktop or do they do it on an iPad? Are they using, you know, fingerprint technology and making purchases using fingerprint recognition using you know on their iphones how does it all work talk to your existing clients find out how they're making the purchases how they found you that's the best source of information and a very rich source of information if you can get them on a call and talk to them and find out what they like about your brand and your products great do that and another one i liked was where you talked about this case study and you said you had this client who really had a great business but his website was really confusing. So think from your audience's perspective and think about how you can make your website simple and very transparent in terms of what exactly is it that you offer and how can your prospect interact with your brand and purchase something from you in as frictionless a way as possible. The last one was you talked about the client of yours had a fish and chips shop that was very successful, but they built it on rented land And it was a really good metaphor because when the person decided not to renew their lease, they lost the business, which was very lucrative. And the same analogy applies to building a business on Facebook or just through Google AdWords. The key takeaway here is build a business on your own website, build an email list to which you can market, and that makes you independent of Google or Facebook. Don't build your business purely on Facebook or on a Facebook group. Build it on your own real estate, which is your own website, and link back to your website through these various social media channels. How did I do? Anything I missed? That's pretty comprehensive. I think probably the only thing I'd I'd say to that, and it's it's not an addition, it's more of a looking again at the bigger picture, is that it's very easy to get lost amongst sort of technology and strategies and different things you could be doing. And I think the, the important thing to always remember is business generally isn't about technologies and it's not about like the website or anything. It's about people and it's about interactions yes. with people. So probably the, the four things I, I generally try and get people to do to help them get focus is number one, just think about who is your ideal client? Mm-hmm. Who do you actually want to work with? Sit down and have a think about them, create a bit of an avatar, you know, who are they, what kind of problems and challenges have they got? 
then figure out what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. What are they looking for online? What search terms are they typing in? How are they you know, using the internet to, to solve these various challenges that you can help them with? Then figure out a way to give it to them mm-hmm. and then sell them something. All business really comes down to when it comes to online strategy. Figure out who you want to sell something to, figure out what they're looking for, solve their problem, sell them something. Always bring things back to that and you'll be fine. That is beautifully put. In fact, I would say even when you're doing presentations, it's worth looking at an audience avatar. I really do believe it's fantastic to put yourself in your audience's shoes, really think from their perspective before you even create content. And I'm actually doing a presentation at Macquarie Bank in September. One of my clients has asked me to speak at an event that she's hosting. And I did the avatar and it just made the presentation so much more relevant. I feel so much more confident about what I'm going to say now. And I don't feel like I'm going to waffle as much because I have created an avatar of the audience. I've thought about the pain points they're experiencing and I've created content that effectively solves those specific pain points. So I think it's going to be a lot more successful than if I hadn't thought about the audience and written down their avatar, written down the average age of the audience, you know, what problems they're facing, what does their day look like, you know, how do they deal with in their day-to-day workflow and what productivity challenges are they having? Um, The talk is on productivity, by the way. So I couldn't stress enough the value of doing an avatar. So that's a great point. Yeah, well, I learned that from being a copywriter where 10, 15 years ago, I was basically a gun for hire copywriter. And one day I'd be writing copy for uh, an investment you know, advice guy. The next day, I'd be writing copy for a, a doctor who helps women get pregnant. And the next mm-hmm. day, I'd be writing for an e-commerce store. And it's very difficult to just sit there and write copy and talk to someone if you don't have a clear visual of who they are. And so, I, I do the same thing. I would print out an avatar, including a picture of that ideal client. So, if I'm writing to new mothers, I'll have a picture of a you know young lady with a baby and I'll have all her characteristics and that written down. And as I'm typing my email or writing my sales letter, I would look at that person and it would help me get in state and get in character so much easier, especially mm. when you're chopping and changing so quickly. You know, the way you talk to a new mum about her new baby is very different to the way you talk about an, an old white guy about his financial investments. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny you should say that because just yesterday I recorded an episode with one of my clients who happens to be an infertility expert, a professor in uh, IVF. So, and by the way, just as a aside, when he's had media training and I could tell, you know, because when he was doing, recording the episode, he was hitting on the pain points so clearly. He understood his prospect so well. And I just thought to myself, wow, you know, you are so perceptive for somebody who's not had marketing training, who's a, who's a doctor. And he said to me, actually, I've had media training. And that just reinforced the point, the value of really understanding your audience. And, you know, he's probably got an avatar in his head of some sort. Yeah, you definitely, over time, it just becomes intuitive. So for my consulting tycoon business, when I'm writing emails to that list, I don't need to have a printed out avatar because I was that prospect for many, many years. I work with them every single day. It's in my DNA to be able to speak to those people. So over time, it comes intuitive. And and over time, you get better at it as well. Like I look back at the emails and the podcasts I did five years ago or 10 years ago even. Mm. They're kind of embarrassing, but you get better (laughs) over time. You get better about talking about your expertise and you get better at just talking in general, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. So, Kyle, do you have any books you recommend to develop more empathy for your prospects or or any books really you can recommend on online marketing that would be relevant to our conversation? Yeah, I think on the empathy front, reading anything about copywriting is going to be handy for any kind of business owner. Even if you have no 
no hopes or dreams of ever writing a word of sales copy, just understanding the process that goes into it. It's very much based on empathy and research and understanding the ideal client. That's where all my knowledge comes from. But bigger picture and something that's actually quite relevant to this topic is the book Essentialism. I think I've read this one in between our our podcast. I don't think I'd read it last time. Otherwise, I would have mentioned it as one of my favorites. Mm. I think that is one of the best books I've probably one of the best top 10 books I've ever read, but certainly one that had a big impact on me recently. And it's all about, I think the tagline was the disciplined pursuit of less. Yes. And it's basically about simplifying things, kind of like that 80-20 approach, just figuring out what is actually essential and what is garbage. And that's a, a really important thing to, to do these days when it comes to online marketing because there are so many different things you could be doing that it's very easy to just get lost in the noise of you know mm. putting up a blog post one day, doing a podcast the next day, then doing something on Twitter, then being on Facebook, then you know trying to do a Snapchat or doing an Instagram and it's very, very easy to have all your time just flitted away on all these different things. So figuring out what's essential for your business and doubling down on that and just getting really good at doing those few things that are going to have the biggest impact for your business. I really like that. And I also like what he says in the book where he talks about, you know, if it's not a resounding yes, if you don't feel like a nine out of 10 yes, then it's a no. <laughs> and I, I really like that almost categorical approach he has towards choosing things that go onto your to-do list. So if you don't feel like it's a resounding yes that you should be doing on your to-do list, then just put it on your not-to-do list. And I'm a big proponent, a big believer in not-to-do list. And I think in today's really noisy world, in today's information overloaded world, if you are able to focus and you are able to implement the principles of essentialism, you're going to be ahead of the pack. Indeed. I think I heard a podcast with Derek Sivers and I love the way he put it. He said, it's either hell yeah or no. Yes. I love that. Yes. I actually reached out to Derek and I'm hoping to get him on the show soon. So hopefully that will work out. But yeah, cool. All right. Well, man, it was awesome having you on the show, Kyle. And I would love to have you back again one day. I always get so much value from talking to you and I'm sure our listeners do as well. Clearly that they did last time because it got so many downloads (laughs) and I'm sure they will again this time. So thank you very much for being on. And if there's anything else you'd like to add, please do so or we'll say goodbye for now. No, I think I've, I've said everything. We've gone into a, a lot of depth on this call. I think, like always, you just want to simplify and get down to the you know two to three action steps that you can take from this call and don't get lost in all the noise. Reach out if you've got a question, You know, pop it in the, the comments on the, on the blog or whatever, and I'll, I'm happy to reach out and, and help you out however I can. Yeah, actually, how do listeners get in contact with you if they have any questions? Should they reach out to you via consultingtycoon.com or what's the best yeah. way? Yeah. If, if you've got comments enabled on your on your blog, I'm happy to answer questions there. If people have okay. specific questions about the consulting industry, they can head over to consultingtycoon.com and I've got a whole bunch of information there and you can sign up for my daily emails where I share tips and tactics like we've talked about today. Yep, and I, I can say from personal experience that I really enjoy Kyle's emails, so it's definitely worth signing up. Kyle is a very entertaining and informative writer. You should definitely check that out and I have just had comments enabled. I discovered that they weren't working properly on my website. So I've just had them enabled. So you should be able to leave a comment at the end of this blog post. And the URL for this particular podcast will be productiveinsights.com forward slash Kyle hyphen Tully hyphen three. So thanks for listening and I'll talk to you again soon. Cheers, Ash. See you, Kyle. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today? 